Welcome to the Valley Brook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a sermon from our current series, Unshakable Hope. Unshakable Hope is a reminder of the hope we have in Christ, how it is enduring and withstands and lasts through the ages, the hope that comes with knowing the God who sees us, loves us, and will never leave us. To watch any of our previous messages or find all listening platforms, we encourage you to visit www.valleybrook.cc forward slash on demand. Enjoy. Well, happy Easter again. It is good to see you here in our building as well as on our online campus. We're glad you're here. We're starting off this series called Unshakable Hope, and we're going to look at the fact that we all have been given the opportunity to grasp hold of hope that is certain and, and will always stand and will always be unshakable. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to celebrate the resurrection to be here and know that we have this hope that is eternal and will never go away. So speak to us today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Mark Buchanan tells a story about a conversation that he had with a young philosophy student after a wedding. It had been a beautiful day. They were on the West Coast. They were in British Columbia. And at the reception, this young man named Mark Uh, walked up to him and said, and asked him, do you really believe all of that religious stuff that you just said during that service? And the pastor said, I do. The young man smirked, and he said, uh, he asked him, he said, "Uh, I tried your religion for a while. I found it just to be a burden, too much of a burden to carry. You know what I figured out? Life justifies living. Life is its own reward and explanation. I don't need some pie-in-the-sky mirage to keep me going. This life has enough pleasure and mystery and adventure in it not to need anything else. Life justifies living. The pastor replied, well, that's great. That's really good. I, I believe you. You know, today, here and now, feel the warmth of the breeze Listen to the laughter of the people over there at the reception. Smell the food that's cooking on the barbecue. Look at the blueness of the sky. Yes, today I believe you. What a superb philosophy. Life justifies living. I agree. Only. I'm thinking about someone I met last February, Richard. Richard is 44, but he looks like he's 65. He's been living on the streets since he was 12. He was a junkie. To support his habit, he became a male prostitute until he got too old and too ugly and diseased for that, and now he has AIDS. The last time I saw Richard, he was coming to me on a gray and rainy day, and he needed help. I bought him a bus ticket, and I put him on a bus. He was going home to his mother's home. He hadn't spoken to his mother in almost 15 years, and he was hoping he could come home to die. Almost incoherent, incoherent, Richard sputtered, I wish I had never been born. My whole life has been a mistake. My whole life has been misery. Yeah, I'm thinking about Richard today. I'm also thinking about Ernie. Ernie was a young man on the rise. He was in his 20s. He had already become the vice president of a thriving national business. He was tough-minded, hard-driving, prodigiously skilled, largely ambitious. He was a suburb athlete, a natural at any sport. He had a beautiful wife, but they were unable to have kids. 
But they decided they would adopt. So they adopted four kids. On the day of the fourth child's final papers were signed for adoption. Ernie got the results back from some, some medical tests. He had been having some dizziness and some blurred vision and some tingling in his hands. And the test came back with the stunning news. Ernie had multiple sclerosis. Yeah, I'm thinking about Richard and Ernie. And I have a question about your philosophy. How exactly do I explain to them that life justifies living? The young philosophy student had no, no response. He said he'd think about it and get back to me. I gave him my address and asked him to write me when he came up with something. I never heard from him. Because life does not justify living. Eternity. Eternity does. This morning we're going to talk about hope, and most specifically the unshakable hope of eternity. Now today is Easter, the most important day in the year for followers of Jesus, because it's the day that we celebrate that Jesus, the Son of God, who had been executed on a cross and buried in a tomb, came back to life and rose from the dead. The Bible tells us that Jesus was crucified on Friday, that he was hastily buried that evening before sundown because this was the Jewish Sabbath. It began on sundown and no work could happen on sundown. And it ended at sundown on Saturday, which again was too late to really give him a proper burial. So early on that Sunday morning, some of his followers, Mary Magdalene and another woman, took spices, spices that would be used to prepare a, a body for burial, and they went to the tomb where Jesus had been laid, and when they got there, they discovered the tomb was empty. The stone had been rolled away, and they were met by two angels who told them that Jesus had risen from the dead and that they were supposed to go and tell the other followers of Jesus, and so they did. And two of them ran back. Peter and John, they ran to see that the tomb was empty. And then they went back to report to others. Mary Magdalene came back, though. She came back to see the empty tomb because she was so upset. And while she was there, she had a personal encounter with the resurrected Jesus. And he sent her to tell the disciples what he said. That he was risen and that he would meet them very soon. Not long after this, the risen Jesus met with those disciples and he explained why he had to suffer and why he had to die and why he was raised to life. And he gave them the message of salvation and eternal life and he told them to go and proclaim it to the world. And that's why followers of Jesus around the world embrace this story, this true hope that we have. And they embrace these scriptures, scriptures like this. This comes from the first letter of Peter. Praise to the, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, uncorrupted, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, for all of us. You know, this verse tells us that those who believe in Jesus have a living hope. Now, I should point something out today about the word hope. You know, the way we use hope in our language today has, has come to mean uncertainty. Well, I, I hope you didn't forget those things. But the way hope is meant when you read it in Scripture 
It's not that I hope something will happen. That's uncertainty. It means that they are sure that something has happened. So the living hope that we have in Jesus is our unshakable assurance that Jesus was raised from the dead and that we will receive eternal life through faith in him. And that verse goes on and it tells us that this hope brings with it an inheritance that is imperishable, uncorrupted, and unfading, kept in heaven for those who believe in Jesus. This verse is saying that because of the resurrection of Jesus, anyone who believes in and follows Jesus, in other words, people who are followers of Jesus, Christians, that their inheritance is eternal life. And it says that this inheritance of eternal life is untouched by heaven, uh, by, it's untouched by death, it's unstained by evil, it's unimpaired by time, and it's kept in heaven for us. This is the unshakable hope of eternity. How much time do you spend thinking about eternity? I suspect most of us don't spend a lot of time because we forget about the perspective that eternity will last a lot longer than we will spend here on earth. So let me just use an illustration. Let's say that this rope represents eternity, all right? And eternity goes on and on and on. Let's see if I can throw it out here. Let's say this inch of black on this rope represents our lives. How much time do we spend thinking about this inch compared to eternity? How much time do we focus on the here and now and forget about preparing for forever? This morning, we're going to talk about this unshakable hope that we have that is eternity. I want to tell you three things about this hope of eternity. The hope of eternity that we have is death proof. That's right, it's death proof. In the Gospel of John, we read these words. Some of you will recall them as very familiar. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Now, as I said, to some people, these words are very familiar and they tell us very clearly that eternity or eternal life is death proof. That's right. Death cannot hold it back. This verse tells us that the hope of eternal life comes through faith in Jesus. And that's an important piece of information. It's not about how good you are or about doing good deeds. We're not saved for eternal life through what we do, but by accepting what Jesus did for us through his death and resurrection. You know, I've lost count of the number of times I've heard people say something like this, that they hope they have been good enough to get into heaven. They have this idea that to get into heaven, you have to do more good deeds than bad deeds. But that's not what this verse tells us. This verse tells us that eternal life is not based on what we do, but rather on what Jesus has done. We just have to receive it and believe it. 
And here's where we see that hope of eternity is death proof. We read that whoever believes in Jesus will not die but have eternal life. Yes, our bodies will die. The physical shell that holds our souls will one day cease to exist, but we will live on forever in eternity. Through his resurrection, Jesus defeated death. Not just for himself, but for everyone who will believe in him. This is a core belief of the followers of Jesus then and now. So much so that at burial services, I say these words. In the sure and certain hope of the resurrection to eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ, we now commend, and I'll say the person's name, to God. In the sure and certain hope of the resurrection. The unshakable hope of eternal life is death proof. But it's more than death proof. It's also sin proof. This morning, I'm going to work on an assumption. An assumption that we all will agree that none of us is perfect. We'll all agree that we all make mistakes. We would even admit that sometimes we do the wrong thing knowing we're doing the wrong thing. That reality is true for all of us. That reality is something that we all have to own. In fact, the Bible tells us very clearly in the book of Romans, it says this, all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. So that level sets it. We're all sinners. And our sin is an offense to God and it separates us from God. And our sinful actions deserve punishment. In fact, the ultimate penalty for sin is death. And that's why in the ancient law of Israel, it prescribed that Israelites must sacrifice an animal to pay for their sins. It was a substitution. Instead of the person dying for their sins, they were going to sacrifice an animal to pay for their sins. And God allowed this substitutionary payment, the death of an animal, to pay for the price of someone's sins. But unfortunately, this sacrificial system was imperfect, and it didn't restore people in their relationship to God. So God sent Jesus to become the ultimate, the final, the perfect substitutionary sacrifice for every single person who has ever lived and who will ever live. The Bible explains it this way. Sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. So by his death, Jesus paid the penalty for our sins that the law required be paid. He paid them for your sins and for my sins, and therefore he makes us victorious over sin. He died. On our behalf. The Apostle Paul says it this way. For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. You see sin gives us death. It purchases us death. It is what we earn. Death from our sins. But God gives us a free gift. One that we cannot earn. It's the gift of eternal life. And how do we get it? through faith in Jesus because he paid the price 
for your sin and my sin and the sins of the world. Now, let me be crystal clear. This free gift is given to us by God. It's free. But we need to understand something about accepting a free gift. It carries with it a responsibility. I think you and I understand that. Just like when someone gives you something, it carries with it a responsibility. Maybe you were given a college education. It came with a responsibility. Maybe somewhere along the way, someone has given you an amazing gift like a car or something. And it comes with a responsibility to accept it and, and take responsibility for it. When you've been given this free gift, this gift of eternal life, it comes with a responsibility that you're supposed to take care of it. It comes with the promise of eternal life. It comes with forgiveness for your sins. And so taking responsibility for this free gift means you have to admit something. You have to admit, I'm a sinner. I have sinned on purpose. I have sinned by accident. I have done things I know that I shouldn't do. This free gift comes to us by the grace of God, and that grace did not come cheaply. It was extremely costly. It cost God the life of his son, Jesus Christ. So to take responsibility then means that we see just how costly this gracious free gift is. And we see that our sin has caused this price to be paid. And so we see our sin in a whole new light. And when we see it, we repent. In other words, we change our minds about our sin. And we admit and confess that we've sinned. And we begin to follow Jesus. You see, when we accept the gift from God, it means that we're changing our minds about our sin. We're accepting the fact that we're sinners, that we need forgiveness, that we need to accept that forgiveness. And we need to continue to turn away from both sin and temptation. Because Jesus defeated the power of sin by his resurrection the hope of our eternity is sin-proof. One last thing about the hope of eternity. It is time-proof. This hope is unimpaired by time. There is no expiration date on this offer of eternal life. It's a free gift given to us and offered to us forever. People receive this gift of eternal life at very young ages as children and other people receive this gift of eternal life on their deathbed and everywhere in between. The key to eternity is not when you accept it. The key to eternity is who you accept it from. The Bible says this. If we have faith in God's Son... We have believed what God has said, but if we don't believe what God has said about his son, it is the same as calling God a liar. God has also said that he gave us eternal life and that this life comes to us from his son. And so if we have God's son, we have this life. But if we don't have this son, we don't have this life. The unshakable hope of eternity is time-proof. You can receive it at any point in your life on this earth. But you have to accept the one who brings it, Jesus. 
So today we've looked at these three truths. The hope of eternity is death-proof, it's sin-proof, it's time-proof. This is not the uncertain hope of our common English language, but it's really the hope of Scripture that we know that it's a certain reality. And this is what Easter is all about. Because of the resurrection of Jesus, followers of him have the assurance that both sin and death have been defeated for them and they are now walking in the hope, the assurance of eternal life. So let me go back to this rope. Remember, that inch represents your life and everything else represents eternity. I read just this week, and you'll not be surprised, that the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services said that the life expectancy of people has gone down. In 2019, the average life expectancy was 78.8 years. But in June of last year, it had gone down to 77.8 years. Now, on the one hand, uh, as you would say, on the one hand, you know that it's due to the pandemic, so you're not surprised. But on the other hand, it's a reminder that this life is uncertain. It's uncertain. So while we make all kinds of plans for our 77.8 years, finite years on this earth, you need to make plans for eternity. You know, if you've never accepted the free gift of eternal life, I want to share with you today how you can do that. And all you need to do, very simply, is tell God that you believe that Jesus died for you that he died and that he rose again from the dead and you confess that you, yes, have done wrong. You've sinned. And you change your mind. You repent. Decide to start following him. Just a moment. I will lead us all in a time of prayer where you can actually make that decision today. But I'll say this to those of you who have already made this decision and you've been walking in that assurance of hope that you have that unshakable hope of eternity and you live in that truth every day you know that you've got 77.8 years on this earth. But you and I need to start living so that others will know that there is a hope of eternity, an unshakable hope. And so we need to do whatever it takes to share that message with others. So I want you to live and walk in this hope, this unshakable hope of eternity. For those of you who already have it, I want you to share with others. For those of you who would like to know that you have it today, I'm going to invite you to a time of prayer, and then I'm going to pray for us also. Whether you're in the room or online, please bow your heads and close your eyes. And if you want to pray this prayer silently back to God, I'll give you the phrases that you can pray back to Him. Dear God, I believe in Jesus. Go ahead and pray that silently. I believe that Jesus died and rose again from the dead. I confess my sins. I repent. And I accept his forgiveness. And today, I commit to live following him. We'll say amen to that prayer, but I want to continue in a time of prayer. God, we thank you so much 
but the unshakable hope of eternity. We thank you that we can walk in that truth, that we can know that, that we can live in that, and that we can share that good news with others. So Lord, give us the words to say. Let us share that word each and every day. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.